What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week 10 top 36 running back rankings. Also splitting these RBs into different tiers. If you guys enjoy the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll also have my top 36 wide receivers out today also, but let's just dive right into tier one. And it is not a large tier one. There's just one running back here, Christian McCaffrey. I feel like it's very clear at this point in the season, CMC has separated himself from these other running backs. He should be the locked in RB1 rest of season and he's going to be in a tier by himself here going up against the Jaguars in week 10. Now shifting over to tier two, we're going to have Brees Hall, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, and Josh Jacobs. So starting off with Brees Hall here, kind of a down game against the Chargers. Jets offense as a whole really struggled. He draws a nice matchup here against the Raiders. I think this is a nice bounce back opportunity. And just going with Brees Hall here, I'm not panicking after the one down game against the Chargers. If we're looking at his track record when he's playing over 50% of the snaps, locked into his legit RB1 workload, the dude has been wildly successful both this season and looking back at early in the 2022 season. So I'm going to be going back to the well here with Brees Hall as a high-end running back one. Behind Brees, we're going to have Austin Eckler. Even though the Lions run defense has been really tough, they've been tough to go against for opposing fantasy running backs. Austin Eckler is in that tier of running back where he's going to be a locked in RB1, high end RB1 play, regardless of matchup. He has the receiving upside on a strong offense here with the Chargers. So I like Eckler as my RB3. And then we have Travis Etienne. He does draw a tough matchup against the 49ers, but another one of these running backs who's being used like a workhorse. His usage has been very impressive pretty much all season long. Jaguars offense has been solid. So I also like him here in tier two. Jonathan Taylor finally separated himself from Zach Moss really dominated the touches um, in week nine. I think he's going to carry that same workload here into week 10 going up against the Patriots. And then the final running back in this tier, Josh Jacobs. I think the uh, Raiders have kind of made it clear they want to run this offense through Josh Jacobs. He's going to command a lot of work. And this is also a nice matchup here against the Jets. The Jets defense as a whole is very solid, but in terms of stopping opposing fantasy running backs, they actually haven't been that great at it. So I don't think this is like the worst matchup for Josh Jacobs. And I also don't think the Jets offense is going to like go out, blow out this Raiders defense because the Jets offense isn't great as a whole. Um, and so I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a nice game script. It's going to be a competitive game. I don't think they're going to have to like abandon the run or anything because this probably will be somewhat close, potentially a low scoring matchup. Now, moving into tier three, these are pretty much going to take us through our RB1s. Going to start off this tier with Bijan Robinson. And I know he's been disappointing this season. Trust me, I get it. He was my RB2 heading into the year. He has definitely not lived up to it. But I do think he has a nice bounce back opportunity here against the Cardinals. Um, Cardinals have been a very solid matchup for opposing fantasy running backs. So I think he gets right here. And I also think he should be trending up rest of season. Rookie running backs tend to peak later on in the season. And I know the uh, Arthur Smith usage has been rough. It kind of seems like Arthur Smith has gotten a lot of criticism. And instead of potentially like accepting that criticism as legit, he seems to have kind of like dug his heels in and wants to keep using these guys in weird roles, right? Like not getting Bijan super involved, not getting Kyle Pitts super involved. Drake London, I guess, has been fine. But it seems like instead of kind of taking that, he's kind of just, you know, locked into what he had heading into the season. I do think there's some optimism that that could change. I know he's talked about how they need to get better in the red zone. One way to do that is potentially get your best offensive player the ball, which would be Bijan Robinson because he has not been involved near the goal line. So like I said, I think he can have a bounce back game here against the Cardinals, and I do think he should be trending up rest of season. 
Then we're going to have Tony Pollard. I think it's a nice matchup here. The Cowboys should go ahead pretty early on. Could be ice in the game with Tony Pollard. Another one of these guys who have definitely been very, very disappointing. I think I talked about it in the running back start sit video. I really didn't expect it out of Tony Pollard. He was such a top tier running back in terms of his efficiency last season. That has just completely fallen apart. Maybe he gets right. Um, he's still going to be playable as an RB1 just based on the usage and the offense he's been on, but definitely disappointing um, start to the season here for Tony Pollard. And then we're going to have Saquon Barkley. He's in a tough spot here because he draws a really tough matchup against Tony Pollard's Cowboys, and this offense is likely going to be really bad. But I think they're just going to force feed Saquon Barkley. He should be involved as a pass catcher, and you're just kind of hoping he racks up enough volume potentially gets into the end zone to kind of save his fantasy day but you also run the risk of just having a ton of touches on very very poor efficiency and the Giants don't even come close to scoring you know a touchdown the risk is there but I think you still got to fire up Saquon as a locked in top 10 running back behind Saquon we're going to have Joe Mixon really starting to come around here um, solid matchup against the Texans. This Bengals offense is looking good. I feel like this is probably where Joe Mixon is going to settle in um, rest of season. Then we're going to go with Derrick Henry. I feel like Will Levis coming in has really kind of revitalized Derrick Henry for fantasy. It was looking like he was slipping a little bit. You had Tajay Spears taking a lot of opportunities. The touchdowns weren't there. The offense was struggling. Now Levis has brought some life here to the Titans. Um, somewhat tough matchup here against the um, Buccaneers, but I still think he'll be fine as like a back-end RB1. Then we're going to go with Alvin Kamara. Some people may think this is low for Kamara, but I am actually pretty concerned about his usage moving forward. I talked about this a few weeks ago where he was pretty much operating as the workhorse when he came back from suspension, but it seemed like coming into the season, the Saints really wanted to kind of split this backfield up. They signed Jamal Williams in free agency. They drafted Kendra Miller in day two, and it seemed like they weren't really trying to split it up. But uh, last week, Alvin Kamara saw a big decrease in his snaps, actually played less than 50% of the snaps for the first time in a few years. You would Taysom Hill actually take more carries than him. And Taysom Hill is also very involved on the goal line, which is obviously going to take away some of the touchdown upside for Alvin Kamara. So I think if you can flip him for some of like these mid to high end running back ones, I would definitely look to do it. I still think he's playable as a top 12 running back, but I'm not firing him up like a high end running back one which is what he's been in previous weeks. And then the final guy in this tier is Aaron Jones. Finally got back to some strong usage. I think he's going to be able to continue that here against the Steelers. Now shifting into tier four, these are going to be like the high to uh, mid-tier RB2s. We're going to start it off with back-to-back -back Lions running backs, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Now I feel like there's going to be a lot of talk about this split, what it's going to look like. And it may seem crazy with me having Jameer Gibbs ranked ahead of David Montgomery because prior to the David Montgomery injury, Obviously, he was the way better option. He dominated the opportunities, and Jameer Gibbs was kind of used as like a complimentary back. I just don't think that's going to be the case moving forward. I still think David Montgomery is probably going to out-touch Jameer Gibbs, and he should still have like the goal line role. He'll have more touchdown upside, but I feel like Jameer Gibbs is going to dominate the receiving usage, and I feel like their touches are going to be pretty similar. Um, it seems like Dan Campbell has really kind of come around on having a solid committee between these two dudes. And with David Montgomery missing time with injury, we saw Jameer Gibbs completely have a dominant game before their bye week. So I feel like Jameer Gibbs is definitely trending up. I think they're both solid plays, um, and I do think they're pretty close together. Who knows? Montgomery might outscore Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs may outscore Montgomery. It'll probably just come down to the touchdowns. Like if Montgomery scores a time or two, he'll probably score more points. If he doesn't get into the end zone, I think Jameer Gibbs is going to score more points, not through the end zone, just based on his receiving usage um, and his efficiency and big playability. So those two back to back. And then we're going to have Kenneth Walker, 
there's definitely some reason for concern here with Kenneth Walker. He's been out-snapped by Zach Charbonnet in back-to-back weeks. Now, neither of those weeks have been super telling because there really hasn't been a ton of production at the position in those games. But if that continues, definitely very concerning for Kenneth Walker. I'd still at this point consider him the running back one, but it's very clear the Seahawks really like Zach Charbonnet. I really liked Charbonnet heading into the season. It took him a while to kind of really establish himself as a solid piece of this offense, but it definitely seems like he is here to stay at this point. And then the final running back in this tier is going to be Rashad White. Now, this is a tough matchup here against the Titans, but in recent weeks, Rashad White has been very involved as a pass catcher. I think he could definitely use that here in this game, and he's just riding a hot streak over the last few weeks. So I do think he belongs here in tier four. Now, looking at tier five, these are pretty much going to be your mid-tier RB2s to your uh, back-end RB2s. Going to start it off with Chuba Hubbard. He has taken over as the RB1 here for the Panthers, and he draws a nice matchup against the Bears. Behind him, we have Ramondre Stevenson, kind of just like locked into this like mid-tier RB2 week-to-week. He's going to be somewhat split in touches with Zeke, but clearly the more valuable option. We're going to have Javante Williams, who is kind of starting to emerge coming off the bye week. I think he's going to be a much better fantasy option rest of season compared to the first half. Behind Javante, we have Alexander Madison. He does draw a tough matchup here against the Saints, but I think his usage is going to be very, very strong. He doesn't really have any competition here with Cam Akers out for the season. So even if he's not super efficient, maybe the touchdowns aren't going to be there. He should still command a pretty solid workload and dominate the opportunities for the uh, Vikings running backs. Behind Madison, we're going to have James Conner. And if we knew that James Conner would be locked into the same role he had prior to his injury, he'd probably be like between Rashad White and Chuba Hubbard. I just don't know if they're going to throw him right back into the Wolves here. If he does play this week, they might want to sell him in a little bit, which is why I'm going to be a little bit lower than you know I would be if I knew he had that locked in workload. And then after Conner, this is where I have James Cook. Definitely been underwhelming over the last few weeks. I do think this is a decent spot for a bounce back here against the Broncos. They could be leading this game. We could see a decent amount of carries for James Cook. The carries against the Bengals were just not there, but he is still leading this backfield. So I do think he could bounce back against the Broncos. Then we're going to have Brian Robinson going up against the Seahawks. Definitely hasn't been a high ceiling option like we saw for the first couple of weeks, but He has some touchdown upside. He's going to have a decent workload on the ground. So he's like a back end uh, running back too. And then the final guy in this tier is going to be Gus Edwards. I do think Edwards is potentially at risk of, um, you know, losing his role moving forward with Keaton Mitchell kind of breaking out. He also draws a pretty tough matchup here against the Browns, but he's shown some touchdown upside over the past few weeks. He should have a decent workload on the ground. So he is going to be my running back 25 and the final tier five running back. Then in tier six, we are going to have Jerome Ford, Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Warren, and Najee Harris. For Jerome Ford, I do think he's the uh, most valuable running back in this Browns room. He clearly led in opportunities in week nine, also more involved as a pass catcher. Tough matchup here against the Ravens, which is going to hurt him a little bit. In a more plus matchup, he'd probably be in that tier five area. So that's why he's in tier six. Behind him, we have Zach Charbonnet. Like I talked about with Walker, Charbonnet is definitely gaining in this backfield. And obviously, if Kenneth Walker's like the clear running back one still, then this is probably going to be overranking Zach Charbonnet. But I always feel like there's like possibility where Charbonnet just comes out and leads this backfield. And if this offense does hit, then that could lead to a big fantasy day. So I think that upside is there. You just don't really have that upside with some of the running backs ranked after him here. Um, and then to wrap up tier six, the Steelers running backs, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, both still in a locked in split. Neither guy is super exciting, but they could be playable and um, could give you decent production if they get into the end zone. And then tier seven, 
These are guys in pretty ambiguous backfields. We're going to start it off with Khalil Herbert. It does seem like Herbert is probably going to uh, come off of IR and play this week for the Bears on Thursday night. He was the RB1 of this backfield prior to going down, so I would assume he would step back into that lead role. It will probably still be somewhat of a split because you can see I also have uh, Deonta Foreman in this tier, but I would expect him, or at least you know I would lean towards him leading this backfield this week. Then we're going to have uh, Damian Pierce. Not sure if he's going to play this week. If he does not play and it's just Singletary, Singletary would probably be a tier six guy for me. If Pierce does play, I give him the slight edge over Singletary because of the goal line work. Um, we have Algier sandwiched between those Texans running backs. I like the matchup here. We know that Arthur Smith likes to get Tyler Algier involved. So going up against the Cardinals, I feel like this is a game where he could be pretty efficient on the ground, potentially have some touchdown upside. Um, behind Devin Singletary, we are going to have Kareem Hunt, uh, the guy that I view as the running back two for the Browns. He'll still have some solid opportunities. Could be the guy getting the goal line work, but I don't think he's as strong of a play as Jerome Ford. Mentioned Deonta Foreman. He dominated the opportunities last week um, without Khalil Herbert. I'd assume he'd be the running back too. It'll be interesting though, because if Herbert does play early in the season, Deonta Foreman was the healthy scratch and Roshan Johnson was the RB2. But then we saw Foreman completely out-touch Roshan Johnson last week. So who knows how that running back room shakes out. And then my final running back here is going to be Keaton Mitchell. Completely broke out for the Ravens last week. I think he could be gaining on Gus Edwards. Definitely someone to keep an eye on and could be playable in what is likely going to be a split for the Ravens here. I wouldn't like him, but like if you're super desperate this week, you could throw him in there. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for the top 36 running backs. Hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, check out the wide receivers, which will be out today also. Thank you for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.